Ah, good evening all, and welcome to another installment of your favorite program, Difficult Women. That's right, I'm your host, Lady Anderson. And I'm your other host, <laughs> Lady Frame. <laughs> Lady Frame sounds a lot like Katie Frame, which is... Oh, <laughs> Lady <no>. Frame. <laughs> Lady Frame. Thank you for taking the time to clear your social calendar to join us here at the Difficult Women Podcast, where we promise to entertain you and tickle, 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 tickle your, your fence. <laughs> yes. Oh, Whatever. Jesus. I don't know. We're not made for that time, I guess. But. Lady Catherine. That sounds way more. Lady Catherine. That's better. Lady yeah. Catherine. And then I'd be just Miss Marie. I have no social standings. <laughs> yes. Your father exactly. is a duke. <laughs> just kidding. Right. Well, welcome, guys. I don't know. This is a weird. This is going to be a fun episode. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying something new. We're trying something new, obviously, with our new theme song. <laughs> We're now transitioning into a, just a Bridgerton podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Before you turn off your podcast, uh, that's not true. We're just doing an episode. <laughs> just Katie's like, I would never listen I, to this. <laughs> I just, yeah. I, You know, it's funny. So anyway, yes. We're going to talk a little bit about the time of Bridgerton today <laughs> and women's place in the world during that time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, it's worth mentioning. Marie uh, has, how many times have you seen the entire series now? Twice now. Okay, twice. I thought it was like four. It was like the, <laughs> the Titanic. Of- I did start it a third time. I, I, I can't help it. I just it's love it. It's great. I, I mean, you don't think the series is great. <laughs> I mean, I think it's great that you think it's great. That's nice. Thank you. <laughs> I was listening to NPR talking about Bridgerton and everybody on on it was like, it, no, I don't like it. And I was like, oh, that's, that's like Katie. <laughs> it's not even that I don't like it. I just, it it bores me a lot. I get very bored watching it um, because, and this is tied to what we're going to talk about today, but I get bored watching it because so much of that kind of shows, to, you know, and especially within that society, whatever, it's like, who am I going to marry? Who will I marry? Who am I going to marry? And I know there's like more plot to that than that. But like, that's the part that starts to drive me nuts. But as I learned, as we went into some research about that time period, um, there's a good reason why that's the focus of the conversation. Mm-hmm. And that is that uh, it's all they had. <laughs> That's all women had back That's then. That's all they had. So what else That's are you going to talk about? all they you know? had. And, and I, I wanted to talk about this specifically because, you know, we're romanticizing Bridgerton so much. I'm romanticizing it so much. I love it. I love, I, I really enjoyed it because, number one, all the sex scenes. I love it. I love, love, <laughs> love. Love watching other people bone. Uh, especially in uh, very fancy costumes. Um, no, I thought it was lovely. And like, you know, it was uh, it's our horny drama of, you know, the, during the pandemic. It's fabulous. But also, I mean, I think that um, the story is so romanticized of like the Regency period. 1811 to 1820 is really the time that we're talking about during the Bridgerton era or whatever, mm-hmm. where the where the show is set. And that time you're like, oh, how lovely, like women are presented into society. How lovely is that? But like, mm. <laughs> yeah, the question is why, right? <laughs> and that's what brings up questions about. Um, but I did appreciate that um, in the readings that we did before, <laughs> the readings we did before oh, but of a course, podcast, Lady Catherine, that it sounds like um, Bridgerton has actually done a pretty good job of being pr- accurate to some degree. Mm hmm. 
right? In like sort of in broad strokes. Mm-hmm. But um, so I thought that was kind of good. So that there was, you know, some sexual activity during that time period. Maybe yeah. not in the way that it happens on that show. <laughs> I don't know who's having sex on this show because I only got like three episodes. In, but... <laughs> <laughs> I saw you my bone get... a prostitute or something and I was like, okay, yep, yep. <laughs> you got to keep going, girl. I know, I know. I got to get... oh I, I mean, so Watch cool. me in like three weeks and I'm like, oh my God, Bridgerton's the best show ever. <laughs> like I totally could see myself flipping. Wait on. till episode five. Get there and yeah, then you're that's just giddy up, you know? And I think also like there's nothing, especially during the pandemic, there's nothing wrong with having just a show that's fun to watch. Ugh. You know what I mean? So like I, I can't I don't want to shit on the show. I think it's great. I think right. it's a perfect time for it. I'm all right. about it. And I it's a gotten into it. It's a big thing for Shonda Rhimes and you know, she signed this huge deal with Netflix and it's um it really is like to to program more diversity into their programming. <laughs> and uh and, and I mean I think that that's also what is kind of neat with it is that like some people are like well obviously they're not staying sticking with historical accuracy but actually they are there was um yeah Queen that's what Catherine, I found. yeah she she was mixed of mixed race or um and she was a german princess and came over and married um what was it king george the third mad king yeah. george oh right yeah too bad for her I know <laughs> but you know it worked out she was a queen it's cool yeah she was a queen and she did great things too apparently yeah um, I mean I think that that also like I, I was you know you've been taking like some writing classes and I've been sort of looking into taking writing classes <laughs> and uh <laughs> some of the things I've been reading about storytelling right especially for like a tv show or a film is that like it is okay to not have everything be exactly how it worked out you mm-hmm. know what I mean because you have to all the, the the number one thing you're trying to do is tell a story that's interesting to watch so if like if she were to make it perfectly accurate to that time no that's so boring no one would want to watch that Mm -hmm. so I think that there's something fun about playing with that time period and then um but making it you know enhancing it in its own ways (laughs) and people have been doing that for years so it's a full soap opera yeah and if you have a problem with that part of it then you're watching the wrong show because it's not like go on over to outlander and uh, (laughs) there's some deep super Super historical <laughs> Outlander. Yeah, the totally. time traveling. Yeah, very accurate. <laughs> very accurate. Oh my God, I love it. Well, let's well, get so, into yeah, it. Yeah. Let, yeah. Here, you start because you know more. So, the, the, the big thing, if you have not watched Bridgerton or haven't watched much like I have, I, you do pick up pretty quickly that it sort of centers around uh, this coming out kind of the social event. season yes so tell me about this marie explain this social season to the me. social season dear uh i can't remember exactly when it was but it's like it's when it's like january to like august january I thought. to august yeah I could because be making that up well i think you're right because um so basically all it's the aristocracy right these very 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 wealthy people all live like in the country in their huge castles or mansions or palaces i don't know what they are um but then for the social season they all join in london and i was reading like you know in the summertime when it's super hot and stuff that's when they all want to go back to their country homes so that's why stinky they have yeah because it (laughs) smells really bad and also when they go back to their so they all you know convene for the social seasons january through whatever summer is really hot and whatever and they they go back to their country homes and that's when the hunting season begins too which and is so, also social right it's very social and social, it's a yeah. wonderful way for a lady to show off her uh fox hunting skills oh all right yeah okay yeah which Exciting. is 
great so good and is it is it when they come to london <laughs> yes. is it that they always present themselves to the queen yes yes they so do that is and part so of it. this is something too so i think it's i think i believe i could be wrong please send us an email but i believe that the men are when they're 18 years old the men then go on a tour of the continent did you know this? Yes, I, I did hear about this. <laughs> I did not know about this before. Yes, but the, ma- the ma- it, but when a man is of age, <laughs> ugh, they go the tour the continent. So they go on a year long trip across Europe, and basically, probably fuck everything. They go to brothels. They but they also are like do I don't know what they would do, but like visit you know they're they're duchess of whatever and go right, and say hi you know, and yeah do yeah. tour but then in it's the all social time. networking stuff for right. the man and also go visit brothels meanwhile the women it's up to the families to decide what age because i was like oh it's 18 when they're presented and my sister who's like all well versed on this she was like oh no i think the youngest has been 12 it's when the family decides that the woman is ready to come out it's really kind of fucked up but it's like it's really about breeding um, right, her but puber- like also, level of puberty, how yeah, far along puberty she is, and like yeah, uh, but also her education. Like they mm. really do pride themselves, especially for the for the women. Like what talents, and so as we know, when we see in Bridgerton, Daphne is an incredible pianist, you know, and uh, you know her, one of her other sisters is a is a poet and like is always writing and like I mean they're they're. <laughs> Gosh, I wish we could all just live like that. Just like lounging around, eating right, scones piano. <laughs> and playing yeah. piano. But they know different languages. And I mean, they're they're very, they're very, very well educated, these um, young ladies. Well, that was one thing that stood out to me when I was learning about like what was, what what's the setup, right? So like they come, come out at, to this event. And uh, by the way, you only kind of get one shot at this <laughs> because like if you leave in the whole point of this season is to like find a mate, right? Mm-hmm. That you're like being like, here I am. So come marry me. And um, if you don't get picked up that season, <laughs> sounds like a plot pilot or something that goes wrong. Then you're if you come back the next season you're really slim pickings right it's like that can be really bad for you so you're there's a little bit of pressure on these young women to find a mate as much as they can Mm -hmm. now as you can imagine the pool is limited right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so like imagine being somebody who's like not as good at piano (laughs) and then you end up with the like yucky guy because you know the other lady was better than you like that and then you're married to that person like forever that's it that's that's your person right so I I felt like the pressure was like and then it almost reminded me of like applying to like colleges like if you ever if you if anybody out there has like gone through the process of applying to like Ivy League schools and that really that high level of school stuff it's like you're competing with like the cream of the crop right so it's like the people that have like they could speak a million languages they play five instruments they um you know they've they know about astronomy and you know political science i mean all the things and like the more you know and the the more things you have on your resume then you know they believe that that's like a better chance to get into princeton or whatever it is but it's like the expectation of these women to be able to be 
perfect. I mean, they also mm-hmm. have to be like demure and they have to look good on a horse. <laughs> that was one of the things that they said. And they right. have to like, you know, hunt foxes. Well, right. <laughs> like, What is this? So the, I just don't even understand. Like that's it's so much pressure. Well, it's really interesting. You said perfect. I think that like what the expectations of these women of the time was to be perfect and pure. Right. Their virginity was the most important thing. And I think that this is, again, like why we created reformed whores. We like to present like the double standards of men versus women, how men can sleep around, but women, heaven forbid, we do the same. We're called whores. But the same thing with this. It's like if a woman of that time was even caught without a chaperone, she was deemed a whore, a slut, a harlot. Right, like, and then going to be in trouble finding a husband. Yeah. Yeah. Or or they would, you know, you'd have to marry the person that you're walking with, you know, right. immediately because, you know, I don't know. You know what standards. I found fascinating about that, though, too, is that like, that's all true. And then the question isn't like, then you're like, OK, well, why is the, their purity so important? And in the one thing I read, they were saying the impurity and like the virginity was especially important amongst the higher class because Mm. there was so much at stake in the marriages. Mm. So like if you had had sex with somebody else and then you had sex with your husband and then you got pregnant and there was any doubt of whose child it was, the money, the heir Mm. could either be from this, this guy's heir or that guy's heir. So Mm. your money now is like totally, you know, that guy could lose out on his like inheritance from the queen, you know, from this, Right. Duchess, because the true heir is actually this like he's a bastard child. And the true heir is whatever, whatever. You know what I mean? Right. So um, it was it was actually less to do about. um, I mean, yes, of course, it's controlling women's bodies because it's telling you what what you can and cannot do. But it was less about like, oh, moral issues and more to do with at, at a certain point when it started out. It was more to do with like if you fuck somebody else, we don't know whose baby mm-hmm. you're going to make. Mm-hmm. And if we don't know whose baby you're going to make, then we can't mm-hmm. we can't be sure that that baby. This is before genetic testing, you know, so they couldn't right. do like a not the father, you know, right. <laughs> it's not one of those things. So I thought that that was like especially interesting because then that allowed people of like the lower class to be a little more free to have sex because if they had a bastard child, nobody cared. Nobody right. had any money. So right. it wasn't like they were going to lose money over it. They might lose, you know, especially as um the other thing that strikes me strikes me is that like how important a role religion plays and doesn't play mm. during these times and how it, there's times where religion gets really intense where like they really want to crack down on moral stuff. Mm-hmm. And then there's times during that Georgian time you're talking about I read that uh his son who was basically his proxy as a as a leader cuz George was crazy. Right. The regency right. time. Uh prince regent of the regency or whatever. He was pretty loose as a guy Mm -hmm. so his reign period it was kind of a loose period Mm -hmm. and then when the next kind of like queen or king or whoever came in they started being like well i believe more in you know purity because of god Mm -hmm. so then that cracks down like at a different so maybe then the poor people have to be more um careful about Mm. but you know what i'm saying though but it's like it's not just always about um you know women's purity in terms of morals sometimes Mm -hmm. it's an economic thing right well it seems so much like a uh meat market like showing off a heifer yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah but it's so sad i mean i so i did i have been to a debutante ball here in the south i I was like i think i was 19 years old my good friend ann summerall invited me to go to augusta georgia 
and it was crazy. They, each woman had, each young woman was presented into society. She had two escorts, two male escorts, who her father first, and every, all the women were dressed in white dresses, beautiful, you know, like wedding gowns, basically. They all had the same freaking bouquets. And uh, the father walked the, the daughter down the aisle, like in this ballroom, it's still a huge, huge ballroom. Um, and we were underage drinking, baby. <laughs> um, <laughs> I remember I had four glasses of wine that night. It was, it started <laughs> a lot a fat. Yeah, started, I threw up for sure. Oh, I bet, yeah. Um, but yeah, her father presented her to society and the two men took her like she curtsied the deepest curtsy I thought she wasn't going to be able to get back up she just popped right back up and the two men then took her and then it was like to show that the father was presenting his now you know the the woman was out like the, the daughter was available for young suitors now and this was when I was in college. I mean, not too, yeah, not too long ago. Yeah, like this 40 years ago. No, yeah. <laughs> uh, th- 75 <laughs> years ago when Marie was in college. No, But debutante is a French word that I just got. I did not know this. I learned this today. But uh, debutante means uh, female beginner in French. Huh, right? Interesting. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. That sounds right. Sure. Yeah, sure. Um, I don't know. Amazing. I don't know. Yeah, my French isn't that great. Um. <laughs> I that's it's fascinating to me that it's there's remnants of that um of that what do you call it like that season <laughs> that 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 yeah it's the, just that rigmarole <laughs> the other thing is I don't know what to call it it's like a rigmarole, rigmarole. go through this thing um what was also <laughs> fascinating to me was apparently like so I am watching the crown Ooh, yes. And I love I'm loving yes. that show. Mm-hmm. Another one where like they take some liberties with facts, but overall it's like pretty factual. Mm-hmm. Um and that's about like Queen Elizabeth and her reign recently up until right now I think they're going through. Anyway, uh what was fascinating to me was that they even talk about this in the crown briefly that she was the one that put an end to that formal coming to London coming out to the queen in a debutante way in the in the form that they had been doing in mm-hmm. England mm-hmm. um she was the one that stopped it in mm-hmm. 1956 that's so mm. late right they, they, right imagine where people were legitimately looking for husbands <laughs> at this event you know what I mean until mm-hmm. 1956 <laughs> which is and insane. maybe it was yeah. a little bit more of a presentational thing as it got later in time but I don't know I mean it seems pretty intense well my sister told me that um they stopped doing the presentations to the queen uh, w- during World War One and World War Two. Then they started it back up again, and actually, the the Kennedys were presented in court. Well, when, what they say in the Crown is that at least, and again, the facts are a little shady, but basically, what they allude to in the Crown was that she was coming. She she was a very popular queen, and then she was starting to lose popularity because she started to feel very like removed from the people. And people started to kind of get less interested in the aristocracy and like mm. the whole queen king thing as they became more like grounded real people. And they just felt like very distant from the 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 crown. And mm. so this guy like he I don't know if he was a politician or just a reporter, but he wrote some like scathing stuff about her being like this woman is totally out of touch with people. And then she called him in <laughs> and Whoa. was like, what did you say to me? And why did you say that? And he's like, listen, the bottom line is like 
people do love you and, and you have an opportunity to remain a great, you know, people having people connected to you. But these are the things that you do that make people go like, ugh, we don't want a queen anymore. Mm-hmm. And one of them was that, uh, re- that coming out ceremony. Mm. So she got rid of it on his recommendation. So it wasn't even that she was like, we should stop doing this. It was that like, people were like, we don't like this. Cause it makes, it makes that the super aristocracy, like rich people feel so separate from, you know, regular old people. <laughs> and it makes people feel shitty. And you're like, what is this? <laughs> like, I right. don't want to, you know, it's why are you so special? Like, get cast, out of here. Yeah. It's a clear caste system. Right. Um, and that's and by the 50s they were like no no more of this well so when she announced that it was going to be the last one women were rushing like the parents were rushing they apparently rushed 1400 girls oh my god there to london and presented them to the queen in like two two or three days so like she was just like this is the last one and then everybody showed up and she like, just had yeah, to bring in their like, like six-year-olds okay. like eric you're good enough yeah <laughs> get out here <laughs> But also, my sister was telling me that there was a time where um, a lot of these aristocrats were losing money. They didn't have enough money. And so they were actually turning to Americans, w- American women, American young girls. And they would they were called um, uh, million-dollar American princesses. And they still do this today. I mean, that's Is maybe that why like, the Kennedys got in there. Yeah, maybe. But it was just because their dowries were so much larger than the English aristocracies. That's and so, so but it's it's interesting too. I mean, just thinking of like, um, oh, what's his name, the redhead, and and Megan Megan Markle. It's like yeah. to marry to marry an American, but also an actress is kind of like, I don't know, right. she's like Grace Kelly well too. A, oh, I was gonna yeah. say she might as well be a prostitute, right? Because that's what they that was oh. what they said too, right? <laughs> Those actresses were loose back then. Yes, that's not true. that we're not now. We're still loose, but it's a different kind of loose. Um, <laughs> I uh well the other thing that sort of is came to mind and uh, we're looking into and whatever is that like so why what is why why is this such a big deal why is it so important that people get married and of course like well I mean at the end of the day it was so much about financial mm-hmm. uh, issues and so much about um like uh, status right so it's mm-hmm. like we're gonna marry into this duchess's family or we're gonna marry into this you know these aristocracy Aristocratical? What is the word? Mm. Aristocracies? That's not right. But the those families. Bring a roll. Bring a roll. But the the aristocracy, right? Or like, mm. but and keeping it in in. Yeah. They didn't want poor people to come into that. It was all they about keep it breeding. It, that's so, where yeah. like it's like animal like livestock like yeah. keeping it pure. So it was really a lot of times it wasn't about love. It wasn't about whatever. Mm-hmm. It was just about lo- like technical issues that they needed to take care of and put into place. And the other thing is that like if you as a woman, you don't have a lot of options. So if you don't find a mate, you're in trouble. I mean, if you're rich, you can kind of figure it out. But even some of this, I think what I was sort of understanding, this could be wrong. Tell me if this is wrong. But it seemed like then some of these sort of traditions, like there was this, you know, this higher level of that happening. And then there seemed to be these more coming out like Jane Austen type people that are like, they're wealthy, but they're not blue bloods. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like they're more like landowners that whatever. It's like it's like the next level down. And there's still this sort of coming out process. And that's the season I think that they partake in. I don't know that they necessarily see the queen, but they like I think they would go to like the the uh, farm fairs or the right. And they're still trying to marry themselves. (laughs) You know, like they're like, okay, we're available now. Maybe more like a debutante thing. Um, And the and the bottom line was like it was like about 
life and death for some women. Like mm-hmm. if you could not get married off, what were you going to do? Because mm-hmm. there were not a lot of opportunities for women at that period. Mm-hmm. So um, that's sort of fascinating to me too, that you're so limited. And then and then you get stuck with the yucky guy because, you know, you don't. You know, <laughs> I hate that. Well, something to consider though is that um, the life expectancy <clears throat> rate was like 40. Yeah, which is terrifying. 45. <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, and and so many ma- women were dying because of childbirth also. Yeah. And so many children were dying. <laughs> so many children. <laughs> like, you know, but so, like, it's if, hard to live. By 21, I think if you could not. I mean, certainly by 30, you were like an old hag, Spencer, witch, right. probably. <laughs> like they would just like write you off. But even if, after if you weren't, you know, didn't find a suitor the first season, you go back the second season. By the time you're 21 years old, you were an old spinster. Right. Which is crazy. <laughs> what are but we I guess, now? <laughs> I guess in the I guess in the grand scheme of things, if your life expectancy is 40, yeah. then like you're middle aged at 21. Right. Um, that's just, just crazy. Wild. That's so crazy. The other thing, though, uh, a side note, this week, <laughs> randomly, uh-huh. even before we knew we were doing this podcast, I, mean, I don't know if you saw us, it was going around the internet, but apparently the definition of a spinster, mm-hmm. specifically a definition of a spinster, a spinster was a woman who uh, spun like for fabric and stuff. And she was able to work so much that she was financially independent. So the fact, we talk about this stuff all the time on the pod, but the fact that you've turned that word, this is a positive thing, like a financially independent woman, basically. And it's become this like negative word now to be like, oh, this woman, she doesn't, she's not married. It's like, well, actually she's doing fine. (laughs) She doesn't need to be married. That's why she's not married. Mm Because she didn't want to fuck with your whole patriarchal system, bitches. Right. Well, that's why, I mean, Jane Austen, there's other women during that era that like really thrived because they were like, I'm not participating in this bullshit. I'm just going to do my own thing. I mean, a lot of them had to like, I don't know, that's where it's tricky where some of the writers were like, they, they had to say that they were men or, you know, whatever. Yeah. But, but I mean, there was there but a little bit by little bit, there were certain like opportunities for some women. Again, I think at a certain education level, though, mm-hmm. you know, what I mean, I think if you were like. Although I, if you were like really low level, nobody cared about you. So and they needed like maids and things. So I guess you mm-hmm. were working, but you're also kind of like stuck to those families in a weird way. You're not independent like you would be if you had money. Mm-hmm. But that's another interesting point, too, is that um, I never uh, was an, an I'm not like a huge Jane Austen fan. Mm-hmm. Th- those I like p- Sense and Sensibility. I like that story. I've seen like mm-hmm. a million versions of it. I've read it. I like that story. But like Emma and stuff like I just never was like super into that. And you sent me an article about like, um, you know, is was Jane Austen's mm-hmm. stories or do they really reflect like the time period and like how like love was going on in this mm-hmm. society or was it sort of like a a romanticized version of it or whatever and the more the bigger thing that I took out of that article was just that like you have to put it in context of when those books came out because because of this Regency like era where people are you know being presented and not even just Regency era but this presentation of women Mm -hmm. and like chattel or whatever it Mm -hmm. is and this expectation that you have to marry so you don't die the idea mm. that of marrying for love was a really special notion mm. and that like that just was not that it wasn't available. It was available, but it was like it was a big deal to really to get that and mm. to want, you know, and need to even like strive for that. So in that sense, like her stories are not just because sometimes she strikes me a little too of like, who am I going to marry? Who am I going to? And I don't like that. But again, in her <laughs> case, it's more about like the um 
the independent like being able to choose someone you love and not be like stuck with someone you have to be with lady catherine i believe it's called a love match Mm. a love match that's That's what i'm going for (laughs) yeah i mean that's kind of what we all a couple years ago i was like just 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 marry me off who cares but now i'm like no (laughs) well and you under i think i have a better understanding of why like one remains single as a woman longer now than they used to because people like and even in the 50s and 60s women had to get married or they were gonna die on the street because they needed someone to pay it wasn't a woman I mean even like up to the 50s the only job you could get in the 50s as a woman was like a secretary Mm-hmm. If you're lucky, that's a good mm-hmm. job, you know. Mm-hmm. So like we we really people have a lot of conversations now, like why women don't marry now. It's like because we don't have to, and we're and we can actually we choose who we yeah. want. We don't need mm-hmm. to, yeah. and a lot of the guys are suck. <laughs> so it's like hard. <laughs> you don't want to end up with a yucky guy if you don't a have yucky to. guy. You know, you don't want to end up with the Earl with bad teeth, you know? No, we don't need to. I don't. I'm a spinster. I don't need you. <laughs> I can like spin my own thread. My spinster. Golden, please. I love that. Maybe I should yeah. change my Instagram bio to spinster. Well, if anybody ever accuses you of being a spinster, you can be like, thank you. That's so flattering. I appreciate being an independent, strong woman. I'm into it. Pays for my own shit. <sighs> well, the other thing about Jane Austen is she, you know, so many of her stories are about you know, who are you going to marry? It's like women coming together and gossiping and, you know, oh, oh, oh. and um, I was listening to a podcast the other day about Jane Austen and they were saying that uh, she she wrote from what she knew. She had never, she would have never have been alone with gentlemen. She would have never mm, been, yeah. she wouldn't know what the conversations would be like because she was never allowed to be with a man. <laughs> right. So she wrote women's perspectives on it. And right. she happens to be, I mean, Pride and Prejudice is one of my absolute favorite yes, stories. Yes, I do. I do like that story. And I think the other thing that you, we have to remember, too, is that like at the time, a lot of people thought like women were dumb, <laughs> you know, right. and that they didn't have that you don't don't talk too much math with a woman because her intellect cannot handle <laughs> the math equations. And like what she did too, just just by being a writer in itself. Mm-hmm prove that that's insane and that a lot of her character her female characters were smart you know Mm -hmm. interesting women that had something Mm -hmm. to say Mm -hmm. so that in itself is revolutionary at the time to some degree um can i talk about a book that i do like yes please um i've harry potter (laughs) no i don't want to (laughs) i only read the one um i love and this is of around a little later it's just like the i think it came out in the 1860s but little women Oh, yeah. I just, I've always been drawn of that, mm-hmm. of those kinds of old 1800s mm-hmm. books or whatever. That was o- the only one that really like spoke to me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think much about it. Like, why did I like it? But in retrospect, you're like, well, because it w- has very little to do with men, really. <laughs> the, honestly, the the main character, Joe March, is like being, this guy is like desperate to be with her. And she's like, bitch, please, I'm busy. I'm writing. Right. I'm, 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 I'm becoming a spinster. <laughs> like and, and at the end of the story, she doesn't end up with anybody. Right. And she's fine. And she doesn't, mm-hmm. she doesn't go, oh, I missed my chance. She goes like, oh, all right, I'm starting my life, you know? Right. And all of the sisters are strong women in different ways. Um, and even Meg, the older one who got married early, like she was the one mm-hmm. that did a more traditional life. She married for love mm-hmm. and she mm-hmm. had a more traditional life, but like it worked and she, you know, and nobody said it, it was all, all of it was good. It was mm-hmm. all the options were good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that story. I did too. And I love the Winona Ryder, uh, re- the, I the love original, all of the, every the ori- version of that movie. There's I three, love. there's three versions right now, right? 
Because I did There's see the- at least three, I think. I mean, there might be like one from an old, like way back, like the 50s or something. But I think that that's the first one. I've been, oh, okay. One Maybe I'm it is thinking just three. Of. And then it's Winona Ryder. Mm-hmm. And then I just- The one I that saw, just came out. Mm-hmm, I saw that one in the theater and I was oh, disappointed. <laughs> I mean, I just love the story. So yeah. I just enjoyed all of it. But and, I, and that was a book that was read to me as a kid. And then I Aww. continued to read it myself as like you know yeah. I've read it a million times and I just like and I don't know it's funny how like it's not so different time period but um the the topic is interesting can I throw one more book out there that I recommend if please you use out there haven't read it um less well known I think but um The Awakening by Kate Chopin oh. and it was written in I think it it was I think it was published in like 18 99 so it was right at the end it was like at the turn of the century where Mm. things were becoming more modern and stuff and like feminism was starting to be like a thing um but i mean so if it came out in 1899 she probably wrote it earlier right Mm -hmm. it takes place in the united states but it's very much of this society you know what i mean and the expectations and this woman is dealing with these expectations and i don't want to say too much about it because i the, it's the end of that book is the best ending of any book I've ever read in my life where you're just like oh you're it's like okay. kind of devastating but um I for me I liked it um <laughs> but I the the general story is basically about a woman that is like I don't want to be participate in this mm. and like to write a book like that about the life that was happening at that time just I just was very taken with that mm-hmm. you know you don't see that a lot and at that time, I, don't, mm-hmm. I didn't think, I don't know, or that I, I hadn't experienced it. So The Awakening by Kate Chopin, huh. which is a little bit of resistance to everything we're talking about. Well, gosh, we've certainly lived our lives in resistance. <laughs> to I the mean, traditional. yeah, that's, that's probably why I like was drawn to these books as a kid, because I was right. like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do remember Little Women and uh, just my sisters, like we had all these um, dress up clothes and we'd always play little women and you know it was always that's so fun because you had sisters yeah yeah that's really awesome. good that's very good but yeah I mean I think that um you know as as you know if you haven't watched Bridgerton I'm very proud of myself I didn't do any spoilers in this episode oh yes very um because that could have been very easy uh for you Katie who hasn't seen it the whole thing yet uh but also for our listeners but I do think you know just keep in mind when watching it just like it it's enjoy it it's just a wonderful easy to watch type of thing but like the truth the real truth and this always happens in history is that we try to romanticize it and like you know oh you know especially with like a love match and all that sort of stuff like for every love match there was a woman like being raped by her the the guy that she didn't want to end up with but her dad's like basically sold her (laughs) to right right whatever and or you know was raped by her husband once they got married because that wasn't illegal yes yep so that wasn't illegal and was not great for women right this time right cute shoes but uh bad (laughs) bad life (laughs) cute shoes but (laughs) bad life kind of rough and then he died at 40 yeah yeah so i mean just to keep in mind yeah, you just, watch to, that just to ruin comedy. the show for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, there's a season two coming out, which is really cool. Oh, my cool. God, amazing. I mean, and also... Uh, sorry? No, no. I, I was well, also, that. the fun aspect of it is that like it's like Gossip Girl, but set in like the Regency era, which is... That fun. was another thing that they said, because uh, if you have watched it, they, the whole setup is that there's someone writing a um, gossip column or whatever. And they said right. that that was not... That was kind of true. Yeah. That they did. So I think that they, I, I, they did do a nice job of keeping some of those 
historical things. I mean, you're they, right. There's something they, behind aristocracy. It. <laughs> like people definitely, it was. It's kind of like our celebrity culture or what it was. I don't know what it is right now <laughs> with the pandemic, yeah. but like. You just, you know, you, you, it's, I mean, I used to buy those us magazines and, yeah. you know, I just want to know what happened to Je- Jennifer and Brad. Yeah. You know, but that's yeah. lady, gossip. lady whistle when, down. When you don't have much else to do, gossip is the thing. Yeah. Love so it. So anyway, love, love it. Gossip. Love good gossip. <laughs> not going to lie. Well, I totally non-linear. I just really want to talk about this movie, but I just watched last night Promising Young Woman. Oh, I'm dying to see that. Do you want my login? I'll send it to you because it's $20. I paid $20 to stream this movie last night, which I was like, what am I doing? But also- Why $20? Oh, I guess because it's, like, it's it like it just came out in the theater. And, yeah. It's Part in the almost theater, wants and... to just pay for it so that I can uh, support the movie. Yeah. Just to remind yeah. them, like, we like this stuff. Did you like it or was it horrifying? <laughs> I lo- I loved it. I thought oh, it was yeah. great. Like, I think no, every every woman should watch this movie. Every man should watch it. Everybody, take notes. Take notes. <laughs> and be yeah. scared and be a little yeah. bit worried. Just be yeah. totally worried. But be, it's, be afraid. It's a be really great afraid. movie. And Carrie Mulligan really is great. So anyway, it's not Bridgerton. But yeah, it's it is the something else. It's probably more up my alley then. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> So anyway, well, thanks for letting us talk about Bridgerton for, you know, a little bit. Um, I learned something. I don't know. I, that's a period I don't know a lot about. So I'm, I'm always interested. Yeah. Uh, way before the Titanic. <laughs> yeah. Before the, yes, it was before the Titanic. <laughs> I know the history of the years. <laughs> <laughs> it was before Katy Perry dropped that last album. <laughs> Can you believe it? <laughs> That feels so long ago, but honestly, it was, wasn't that long, I guess. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, anyway. All right. Well, we love you guys. Um, thanks for listening. I hope uh, I hope you learned something. I learned something. Yeah. I don't think you have to watch Bridgerton to get something out of this episode. That's, that's my feeling. <laughs> Whatever. Tell your friends. If you have any comments, concerns, questions, anything. Or additional historical facts that we don't know yeah, about that time period like that you think is interesting. Oh, my God. It, we'd so. love to. We'd love yeah. To difficultwomenpodcast more. at gmail.com. Um, also. Are you horny now that we've been talking about Bridgerton? Yeah. <laughs> well, we've got a place for you to go, right? That's right. Check <laughs> this out. Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff to spice up your bedroom is even better. Select almost any one item for 50% off, and then Adam and Eve loads on the free stuff. Enter offer code HORIO at checkout and get 10 tantalizing free gifts. A sexy item for him, a special gift for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. And six free spicy movies. Ooh. Plus, free shipping. That's HORIO. W-H-O-R-E-O. HORIO at adamandeve.com. Yeah. By the way, just side note: if you are horny, um, th- uh, there I did find. I don't know if you noticed this. There's a link uh, in the article you sent me, Maria. You guys can Google it. But the porn from that area is fascinating. <laughs> Wait, the porn from Bridgerton time? Yeah, it's all drawn, hand drawn. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's fascinating. So you guys can Google some Regency porn. <laughs> is that what you Google, Katie? <laughs> What? I'm just Google very that? lonely. I don't. Yeah, my but if your internet goes down, you can just print out those things. And, I didn't know Google carrot the other day. I was like, "Are we gonna do this carrot?" <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Yeah, no. Just kidding. Uh, anyway, quarantine. Yeah. Um. All right. Please, guys. Please rate and review our podcast. We're here. We keep doing this every week for you. 
the least you could do is just, you know, <laughs> rate and review us. <laughs> rate and review us. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. All right. All right. Thank you guys so much. Bye.